Okay. You can see me. We all sing. When you say I belong here, we all sing. I belong here. Oh. There is a place. There is a place for me. Thank God there's a place in the body. There is a place. Yes, there's a place. Oh, there's a place in the body. In the body of Christ, I won't run away. I won't be afraid. No, I'm not ashamed. I'm the body of Christ. 
So do we go into the O's right after that? Not right. When it's, it's a few minutes, it's ten o'clock. Amen. Prayer.
There is a place for me. There is a place for me. There is a place for me in the body of Christ. There is a place for me. There is a place for me. There is a place for me in the body of Christ. And I belong here. Oh, I belong, I belong here. I belong here. There is a place. God, there's a place. Oh, there's a place in the body. I'm so glad there's a place. Yeah. Oh, there's a place for me in the body. And I belong here.
Testing. stood in front of a group. I actually haven't been in a local church for over six years. So God has a sneaky way of calling, calling us forth, doesn't he? So I am here humbly and um, I'm just going to be myself. And, uh, and trust God to work through um, this craziness <laughs> of me standing up here. Welcome. 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 You belong here. You belong here. I belong here. I feel safe here. And that's a healing. That's a healing. It's so good of God to know, to know me in such a way, to know that the place where he said, I want you to go <laughs> and um, preach, which I've never done before. Um, come, I know what you need. So I'm going to invite you to a place where you will be safe. And if I, you know, mess up here, just keep waving at me and tell me what to do. Um, again, first time, rookie. Um, we've, been, we've been talking about the last couple weeks. Sit down. What's that? Oh, yes. Sorry. Yes. Sit down. Sorry. I'm such a rookie, okay? Uh, I'm not good at tuning into that kind of thing, so thank you. Um, We've been talking about in the last couple of weeks and how we are the body of Christ. We belong. All the parts belong. We're all a piece of the puzzle. And yet, sometimes we struggle with that. We all have our traumas. We have our triggers. We have our stories. We have our experiences. And, and, and each of us have our own experiences. And we also have the story, what I call the story that we make up about those experiences. I have a story that I make up about not belonging. And I, I am a very visual person, and so I have this whole, like, you know, I create these whole three-act plays in my head. Um, and sometimes the Lord just has to, to just settle me down. But I have created this whole—I created this whole picture in my head of this incredible long table, all prepared. There's people all around the table, and I see there's an empty chair. But I sent, and I know God's saying we belong there. 
But my story says everyone at that table begs to differ. Everyone at that table says, nuh-uh, you don't belong for one reason or another. And I feel it. I feel it. And so in my mind, the story I made up, I said, you know what? There's a card table. There's a card table with Jesus. And I'm going to sit at the card. Jesus came and he sat at the card table with me. And I sensed from that big table that I just had this strong feeling like, you're not worthy to eat the things on the table. You get the crumbs. You, be, you, should, you should be thankful for those crumbs. So I just thought, you know what? There was kind of a defiance in me, um, strong-willed little girl that I am. And I just said, you know, I'd rather eat crumbs at the card table with Jesus than go and sit where I feel like I don't belong. But only one problem with that. He made us for community. And it's a lie. It's a problem, too. But that's how I felt. And... Um, and it felt so true, and it just, I, you know, say Jesus would say, no, you belong at the table, and I'd say, yeah. But then I'd say, okay, I get kind of got my courage, and then, then there would just be something that happens, some trigger that says, mm-mm, and I just thought, I can't do it. I just can't do it. Until one day Jesus just took my face in his hands, and he just said, Mama D, I see you. You're going to come, and you're going to sit at the table. And when I did, I got up. I chose to say yes, because how can you turn him down when he takes your face in his hands? And when he calls you by your name and tells me to take my seat at the table. And I tell you what happened. When I took my seat at the table, suddenly I saw the table differently. I saw the table differently. That was a story that I was making up. But every other person at that table had battled the same thing. Every single one. And so today, um, we're going to bear witness to each other's story. We all have a story that we're making up. We all have a story we're making up. And it's based on a lot of true experiences but it's what, how I interpret those experiences and I, how I let the world tell me who I am and who I am not. But today, I'm standing here because we're going to let love win. We're going to let love win. So we're going to go to bring our stories, all of us together, into God's presence. And I'm with you on that. I've prepared, but I'm also open to whatever God's going to do. And so I'm listening with you. I'm listening among you. So we're going to, I'm keeping it simple. Um, Psalm 23, 5 and 6. I didn't want to just stand up here and try to stumble and read through notes and pretend like something I'm not. I'm, you know, not, not done. So I'm just going to be me. So here we go. I like different translations, you know. And so I, and I kind of remember which one this is. Apostle David keeps trying to get me to remember the details, but here we go. I'm going to read through this psalm twice, and then we're going to go through it slowly. You, that's thou, you, 
Lord my shepherd, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely, surely, your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me and call me all the days of my life. Because sometimes we need that call, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes he just has to call us up. He pursues us. You know, he texts us over and over and over again. It's like, did, are you there yet? You know, he pursues us with his goodness and his unfailing love. Not judgment. Not shame. He pursues us with goodness and unfailing love. All. Not some. All the days of my life. All, all the days of my life. You know, there's some days in my life, and this is just a little side thing here. Uh, there's some days when it seems like he's pretty far away. There's some days that nobody wants to be in my life because it's pretty, it's a, it's a hot mess. Um, and, you know, that story I'm making up has just brought me down. Uh, or there's just some things that, like, my grieving is so great. You know, I, I'm not, I'm just kind of a mess. And it, it says that his goodness and unfailing love follow me all the days, every single one of my life. And I will live, dwell, abide in the house of the Lord forever. Because you prepare a feast, a table of belonging. You prepare a table of belonging for me, for you, in the presence of our enemies. You honor us by anointing our heads with oil. Our cup overflows with blessing. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue us all the days of our life and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen? Amen. I'm so cool that I get to do that. So <laughs> I love it when you testify. Um, so that just kind of lets me know that I'm not just like at that table where everybody's looking at me like, who is she? So when you, when you respond, for me that's saying, I'm at a table of belongers. We're at a table, it says you, Lord, that I am, that I am, the one who is and was and is to come, the bread of life, the living water, the one who came among us to serve. He prepares. He prepares. A celebration takes preparation. And he is preparing a celebration. It matters. 
he places such high value on it, he's saying, I'm not just going to stop by McDonald's. Okay, I'm not just going to pull out some leftovers on Sunday night. Okay, I'm not just going to do nachos for game day. This is a celebration. This is a celebration that takes preparation. And we're getting ready, some of us, to celebrate on uh, Thanksgiving, right? It takes preparation, you know, to, but it brings us joy to prepare. Now, it took me forever to figure out how to put on a dinner like that. I didn't, I grew up in a lot of chaos, so we didn't have those kind of celebrations. And so I remember when we were first married, Phil's dad is a pastor's wife. So like she is, she knew how to, oops, she knew how to prepare a meal, prepare, prepare the table. So it took me some time. Thanks, hon. It took me some time, first of all, to figure out how to cook things. And then you had to learn how to cook them so they're all done at the same time. And you had to get that table all ready. And I'll be honest with you, by the time I, I was so happy the day that I got it all together at the same time, and I was so exhausted that I just wanted to go to bed. <laughs> so you guys all enjoy the meal, but I, I'm spent. <laughs> so when it took me a long time, but when I finally figured it out, I realized there's quite a few things that I was doing that weren't necessary. And then, you know, just to find the joy in it. Um, so he, I believe that when God prepares the celebration for us, it is from a place of joy um, and, uh, and great love for us. His extraordinary love. He loves to treat us yes. with astounding goodness. Amen. Yeah. And the, the feast itself, it's like when I see the table, there is... You know, it says in um, one of the passages here that Lady Wisdom says that he roasted the lamb. And, um, and I just thought of the sacrificial lamb and the symbol of that on the table. And that how he knows us. And so there's things about that table like um, he knows that um, I love driftwood. <laughs> so there might be, you know, a driftwood bouquet instead of a fancy flower bouquet. Um, you know how it is, uh, if you guys do this, that uh, we use um, the dishes that got passed down to us from Phil's mom. And they may not be the ones I pick out, but I love using them for a celebration because it reminds us of our, of our history. And, um, and then I'll have a candlestick that his dad made on there, on the table. And just different little things like that that when we look at the table of celebration, the table of belonging, we will know that he knows, he knows our suffering, our grief, our pain. It's welcome there. He knows. And he also, he knows our name. You know? He knows what brings us joy. Just like he knew that by me coming to speak for a very first time, to come here with people that I know love me, um, that brings me joy. I just feel such joy. Yes. For me, it says in the text, for me, whatever you've experienced in your life, 
whatever you've experienced, whatever story you've made up about belonging, you and I have a place at the table. We belong here. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what our history is. Doesn't matter, you know, what our struggles are. Doesn't matter that we're not a hot mess right now. Right? But we belong now in the state that we're in. Right? Right as we are right now. There's no waiting around. He's not waiting for us to get it together. Mm -mm. He's inviting us together so that we, it's because it is a table of healing. Right? It is a table of connection, of community. Right? It's a table where we share our stories and we encourage each other's heart. Um, so much happens at that table. And he says, you come right now. It doesn't matter if you don't think that you're ready. Now, in the presence of my enemies, that's where he does it. And I thought, what is that? What does it mean in the presence of my enemies? And I thought, you know, when I studied it out, it's like God makes our belonging observable. It's visible. He's laid a table out on Pioneer, not stuck away somewhere else. It's visible so that our enemies see our Jesus, our shepherd, the I am that I am. He's put laying out a table and a spread for us that's observable and visible. Shame tells us to hide. Shame wants us to become small. Shame wants us to become invisible and silent. Mm -mm. We have triggers, we have conflicts, we have uncertainty, we have trauma, and all that is welcomed at God's table. He said, "Just you just bring it. And he connects us to, to our body. Like to sit at the table means we, we bring ourselves there. We go and sit ourselves in that chair. And we're also becoming part of the body, the body of Christ. Um, we have to show up. We've got to show up. When he says, come, you say, I'm going to follow. And he calls you by your name. And he puts his hands on your face. And he says, you belong here. And you say, yes. And you show up, and you sit at the table. You honor me, it says. You, God honors me? Like, we were just honoring God. God honors me? What? He welcomes us with dignity. He welcomes us with dignity. Mm -mm. He knows our name. He knows our story. He knows our personality. Mm. He knows the things that have hurt us. He knows the things that we're struggling with. He knows the things that break our heart. He knows where we feel despair. And he treats our weaknesses with tenderness, with tenderness. Our weaknesses are welcome at the table of belonging. And God keeps it real. You know, you don't want to be at that table where they say, oh, yep, these mashed potatoes, they're the bomb. When you know they've got lumps, right? Okay, 
God keeps it real, but he doesn't do it with shame. And, you know, that makes me trust him. I, I, I want a God who keeps it real. Yeah. You know, and I want to sit with a body who keeps it real. He said, you honor me by anointing my head with oil. The oil that soothes. You know, sometimes we come to the table and we need soothing. We need his comfort. It heals. Oh, how we need his healing. He cleanses us with that oil. Oil also represents that anointing, represents a new beginning. Mm. And strength and fruitfulness. And you know what came to me is that when I pictured myself again in my story sitting at that table, I thought when I look around that table now, I see everybody's head dripping with oil. I see everybody's head dripping with oil. And I know I belong here. And they belong here. I'm sitting at a table of belonging. Oops. And you know what? Mistakes are welcome. You know, it is. Oh. My cup overflows with blessings. And I thought, uh, I'm kind of struggling with this one, Lord, because you know what? Sometimes it just really doesn't like, what do you mean by blessings? Right? Doesn't look like my cup's overflowing with blessings. Uh, so am I supposed to be disappointed? Is there something wrong with me? Uh, what's the deal with that? And you know, in my study, it's just like that cup it represents a cup of deliverance from our enemies. And so that cup is a cup of deliverance. And that at the table, here's my blessings, intimacy. I'm at the table of God, and he called me. And and when I'm sitting with you all and I see the oil dripping down your face, there's intimacy. And oh, how my heart longs for that, but is scared of it at the same time. There's connection. That's a blessing. There are healing stories. We begin to bear witness to each other of our stories. And um, there's lively conversations because we're still trying to work things out and we have conflicts and we, you know, we have ways that we're struggling with things that we have lively conversations. Um, But they're in in love, but they're lively. (laughs) And there's laughter. There are tears. There are hugs. We're getting up. We're kind of really not behaving too well. Um, but that's, that's welcome. You know, all that's happening. Those are the blessings. The blessings of belonging. It's not about stuff. It's not about how the world looks at me. It's not about whether the fact that I don't have any degrees or, you know, this, that, and the other thing. I just don't look like I'm supposed to look. It's not about that. It's about all those other blessings that come from drinking of the cup of deliverance. And that cup is overflowing with blessings. At that, when I sit and I keep drinking that cup and I stay at that table, I have a wholehearted, thriving life. Boy, the enemy doesn't like that, does he? He doesn't want to see us thriving. We have resilience then. Because it takes resilience to do this journey. It takes resilience. It takes faith. And so one of the blessings that comes from that table, from my cup overflowing, is resilience. Because it's a long journey. 
it's a long journey. Surely your goodness and unfailing love. In Psalm 136, 26 times, it talks about God's goodness. 26 times it talks about it. And in Psalm 142, which I was always kind of my testimony psalm, you know, is I'm kind of, a, you know, like really melancholy, can be um, introvert, yes. So that psalm says, no one cares for my soul. No one cares for my soul. I'm in the pit and there's no way out. But he reached down and brought me out. And it says, you will treat me with astounding goodness. And I am surrounded by the righteousness, but boy, I traveled for so long in that place where no one cares for my soul. And unfailing, extraordinary love. In Ephesians, it talks about God's love as being extraordinary. Extraordinary. We can't even begin to imagine the depths and the width. Like, it's, it doesn't get old. You're going to sit at the table of belongings, and it's just extraordinary. His love is extraordinary. And God looks at you, and this is the same root word in goodness, as same as Genesis, Genesis 1, and he says, it is good. Yes. It is good. It is good that you're at this table. When I look at you, you, you it's good. It's good. And it says, he will pursue me. You will pursue me. And I just immediately thought, I love Psalm 139. And it, you know, that part where it says, where you think you're going, girl. Because you can go way over there. You can go way in the depths inside, you know, that place where you can go deep and no one knows. You can go, you, you, wherever you're going to flee, I'm there. My love and my unfailing love and goodness that pursue you. There's nowhere you can go that he will not pursue me all the days of my life. And uh, the table of belonging, it's always set for us. It's always set for us. Every morning, God's mercy is new. And his faithfulness is great. And I, with my, I have two granddaughters. We used to do this thing where I love you to the moon and back. I love you to Mars and back. I love you to all the stars and back. You know, and I love you to infinity and back. And we finally had to kind of call it a draw. But I feel like the Lord is kind of playing that game with us in a way. He's saying, hmm, I love you to infinity and back. And so I want you to be in the house, in my house forever. So, you know, at the end of Thanksgiving or a great feast where you just like you're just wowing over like, oh, my word, did you see that? I had three helpings of this because it was so good. <laughs> and uh, and you're just like beyond full. And um, and so there's just so much gratitude that's flowing. You know, some families we, you know, we clap and um there's just a lot of gratitude for all the work that went into it. And so um, our gratitude this morning, our worship, I so love it that we were able to have our worship. And then this feels like a moment of worship, just to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Um, and we rest after the feast. You know? Um, 
and yet those dishes are going to get done. And some of us want to, we don't want to rest. We want to go in, and that's rest for us to go in and be in the kitchen together. And, you know, we all, because we're all part of the body, we get to do those things that feel restful to us. Some of us want to go out for a walk or whatever it is. But we get a chance to rest. Yeah. That's part of belonging, the table of belonging, is that rest is welcome. Rest is welcomed. So, and we get just a little shout of hallelujah at the end of that. Hallelujah. Like, what was that meal? What was that celebration? That, hmm. Okay. What happens next after the meal? What happens after the meal? Let me get my notes. Hang on. I'm just falling apart here, but that's okay. Yep, it's all welcome. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Where is my page? Oh, it's right in front of me. <laughs> Sometimes I crack myself up. Okay. So what now? Well, here's what I'd like you to do. If you can, would you stand up? Because we stand up from the table. We're still at the table, but we're standing up from the table. And here's what the Lord says to us. Uh, hear God's charge to the church. Two passages I'm going to read, and they're on your sheets here. First one is Luke 14. Then he turned to the host. He, turn, he turns to us, the church, and he says... The next time you put on a dinner, don't just invite your friends and family and na rich neighbors or the kind of people that will return the favor. Invite some people who never get invited out. The misfits from the wrong side of the tracks. Those of us who are on the margins, we know what that feels like. You'll be and experience a blessing you they won't be able to return the favor they're not going to be able to have you over to the house they don't have or the food that they don't have to serve but the favor will be returned oh how it will be returned at the resurrection of God's people yeah. and then he says in Isaiah oh I love the scripture the spirit of the Lord the eternal is on me the Lord has appointed me the Lord has appointed you church us church for a special purpose the Lord has anointed the church for a special purpose he has anointed us that cup that oil is running down our face isn't just about the belonging it's he's he's anointed us for a special purpose to bring good news to the poor, to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to repair broken hearts and to declare to those who are held captive and bound in prison, be free from your imprisonment. You can, you can be seated. <laughs> I remembered. So now it's our turn. When we've been at the table, yeah. you know, sometimes we try to do these things when we haven't been at the table. 
And then it's just about striving, isn't it? It's a pain. Our ego gets in the way. We get disappointed. We invite people, and they say no. They don't show up, um, you know. And uh, But he's saying once you've been at that table of blessing, now you get to practice. It's your turn. And, um, and I think it's both for us individually and for us as a church to hear these words. Um, for us to prepare a table of belonging, a celebration, a feast. So I want to tell you a little story about how I started at the Garage of Blessings. Um, we, when we, Phil and I, this long story about how I even ended up on uh, Whidbey, how we even ended up on Whidbey Island crazy but when we were looking for property it never even occurred to me to live in Oak Harbor like I thought for sure we'd be Coopville South because I decide I I don't think I'm going to fit in I'm just I'm not very conservative you know I, I'm just I'm you know I, I just all the things I just thought <laughs> I, okay I'll be honest I uh, you know I thought just maybe Oak Harbor's a lot of Southern Baptists so I'm sorry if that's your background but just in my mind, I just thought that's just not going to, I'm not going to fit in there. And uh, so it didn't even occur to me to look at Oak Harbor. But I did ask the Lord, you know, where, where do you need me? Where are you at work? And where are you inviting me to join you? And, um, and of course, we couldn't find it anywhere. Couldn't find anywhere. And then one time the realtor called and had a place for us in Oak Harbor. And I'm like, Oak Harbor, I can't even get my head around that. Like, but okay, let's just go look. And of course, when we drove up to our property, my husband immediately fell in love with it. And, uh, and that's where we ended up. And I asked him, like, is this where you want to be? And he, he, really, he said, yes, this is where I want to be. And, and, and I felt like the Lord, because he does this with me, this way he talks to me, I, I felt like he said, I was like, what's up with this to the Lord? You know? And he said, well, you, you asked me where I needed you. You, and this is where I need you, but you're free to go li live on another part of the island, but you asked. So, um, and I honestly, I kind of pouted for a long time. And um, not really proud of that, but I did. Because I just like, oh, you know, I'm such an introvert. Like, I don't even know where to even begin. And um, I knew about the garage. Um, and so about a year it took me a year. That was a long pout. Um, I'm pretty stubborn. Um, and I called it listening to the Lord. I'm listening, you know. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but then one day I felt like the Lord say, I just want you to take, I, I need you. Like, I, I hadn't even discovered the mama Dina's of me yet. He just said, I want you to just call up the garage and see if you could just show up and, like, be present for people. And I'm like, I don't think that's what they do. I, I, I think they, like, do thrift store things, and I don't really do that, and I'm not good at the tasky things, but he just said, just, I just want you to go show up. And I'm like, okay. So I went, and it was just chaos in there. It was the old garage, and, um, you know, I'm an introvert. So I go walking into the garage, and I'm like, okay. Like, everybody's busy. Like, what do I do? And, you know, I just felt silly. I felt awkward. 
Um, but the Lord just said, just, just, just wait. I need you here. And then it wasn't long before some um, gal came over, who happened to be a field worker, um, came in. She wanted to talk. She wanted to talk about her goals and, and uh, what her dreams were. So we sat down, and I took her in the office because that's how I do my work. I'm a coach. You know, you do things in confidence. And so I took her in the office, and her husband was out hollering at her in Spanish, like, what are you doing in there? And I was like, okay, this is that, that's not how this usually goes. <laughs> and then um, people wanted to talk, like, right in the middle of everything. Like, I finally realized, well, forget the office. That's not, that's not how God's at work here. So I just had a chair. I went and sat in a chair right in the middle of the garage waiting for what God had. And then he had just so much for me to do. Like, I mean, and so much of it was, like, unfamiliar to me. Like, I want you to hug this man who has jeans on that are five times too big and he has a rope around him. And so he pulls out his big knife because he's so excited he found a belt. And he starts cutting the rope, and I'm thinking, okay, first of all, I hope those pants stay up. <laughs> and second of all, that's a really big knife. Um, and I don't know what our rules are about knives. When I went and asked, they kind of laughed at me like, yeah, we have weapons here. So I'm like, okay, okay. So um, uh, he laid that big old knife right on the table next to me, and I'm like, I don't, I, I don't know what to do about this knife. And I felt like the Lord just saying, well, you could just go ask him to put it away. And uh, so I did, and he put it away, and I was like, okay, well, that just happened. <laughs> and then, then there was a day where um, I saw, I noticed a young man who was looking through the clothes, and he had his hoodie way up, just like you couldn't see his face. And I felt like the Lord saying to me, you need to go remind him that he's a beloved son. And I'm like, okay, um, but he doesn't look like he wants to be talked to. <laughs> and I'm not, that's just not my style, you know. And so I went over and I pretended like I was doing hangers, <laughs> you know. And I'm like, I don't know how this is supposed to work, God. So I'll just pretend, and then I'm kind of moseying up to him. And finally I just said, how's it going? And he just said, not good. And I said, what's going on? And he said, oh. He just started to say a few things, and I said, you know. So then, I don't know what, Mama D showed up. <laughs> and, and I just got up in there, in that hoodie, and I took his hands in my face and I said, God wants you to know that you're his beloved son. And he just said, oh, you have, he was weeping, I was weeping. He's like, no, you don't know my story. And I said, but God does. And that's what he says, you are his beloved son. And then I just held him and we wept together because I felt the presence of God in with the way God was looking at that young man. And then there's a whole journey with him that was interesting um, because it called forth in me things I'd never done before. You know, he needed to take some responsibility for his actions. So I had to, you know, encourage him. You need to go find a, I didn't even know what you called them, like the public lawyers. 
and, um, and uh, yeah, defender. And so, you know, I helped him figure that out. And then, you know, he needed to, he needed letters of recommendation. So I wrote letter, uh, wrote a letter. And then he was, had a court appearance. So I went to court. And then he, he went to jail. So I went to jail. Now, I have to throw this in because it is a funny story. So I've never been to the jail, just like I've never been up here. So I went to the Coopville jail, and I thought, okay, like, how do you get in? <laughs> so I just, nobody else was there, so I was just like, okay, there's a buzzer. So I rang the buzzer, and a voice said, okay, open the door, come in. So I went up, and no one was in the room. And so I thought, okay, you're a big girl. You can figure this out. So it said, like, fill this out and put your license and put it in the thing, the slot. So I looked in front of me, and, and I thought, these look like little lockers, but okay, because I don't see anywhere else to put it. So I put it in the locker, and a voice came out. Um, I didn't know he was above me watching, <laughs> saying, the, the slot is behind you. <laughs> you know, so I had to take it out, put it in the little slot thing, and then... You know, now I got to get through the door, right? So I got through the door. I figured, like, the guy was probably going, oh, my word. Um, then I got in and saw my fellow, and, you know, it's, it was, like, really old-fashioned. Like, you have to pick up the phone. And um, he picked up the phone, but every time I picked up the phone, like, it wasn't working. And then finally he had to say, Mama D, put down the phone. <laughs> now then he picked up the phone, then I picked up the phone, and then it worked. And by that time, you know, God had really used that for a healing moment for him. And I was able to just put my hand on the glass and just pray. And, uh, and then, he, then he did go to prison for a while. And I learned how to write letters to someone in prison. And then he needed to know how to, what to do to get out, like what's next. And so, you know, so that was a journey that began. And I didn't know how to do any of that. But you know what I've discovered in all that was that God appointed me for a special purpose, and he just said, I just want you to show up and be Mama D. And you don't know what's going to happen from one minute to the next, but you just be ready. And then you invite others in to be a part of that because there's way more than what I can do by myself. And then he began to call others, Mama Ellen, Linda, and so many others of you that showed up and just were present for people. And um, so when he, um, when he, so when he tells us to prepare a table, he's saying people are gonna, they're not gonna be appropriate because they don't know how to be at the table. Right. They're gonna be messy. Right. Um, and, um, and that's okay. Just do it with joy. Like, just like I'm telling you what, I have never experienced the joy, profound joy, that I have since that time of working. I'm no longer there, but the time of working at the garage, I just experienced God's joy in ways that I just, I can't even, and I want to do more of that, um, more of setting that kind of table. And so he says in these verses to invite in person. Like, I didn't sit at home. God didn't bring a single person to my home way out there in, in where we live. Nobody showed up out there. I had to go show up. You know, I had to be the pursuer. Um, now, 
I know you all know how to do this because I remember when, remember, I haven't been to church for some time, so I haven't been to like churchy kinds of meetings, and it gave me a lot of anxiety. And so then Mama Ellen invited me to some uh, ladies' function, remember that, um, at your apartments? And I thought, oh, you know, I want to go and I don't want to go. I'm, you know, I'm probably too busy, but I wasn't. So I thought, I'll drive over there, but I don't even know where to park. And when I drove in, I thought, well, maybe I won't find a place to park. And then that'll be okay. I can tell her I tried. But when I drove up, she was outside. <laughs> she was outside, and she's like, she saw me. There's no getting away from it now. She saw me, and she said, go park right here. And then she didn't just leave me there. She waited. She gave me a big hug. She put her arm around me or maybe held my hand and brought me in and invited and introduced me to people. Then she brought me and said, here's how it's all going to work. And then she took me to a table and made sure that I had a place where I felt I belonged. And that is this scripture, Mama Ellen. And that just meant the world to me, that God knew me and that you were out waiting for me. Uh, that's what he's asking us to do. You welcomed me with dignity. I love you too. You welcome me with dignity. And one of the most powerful examples of this, and I know I can't say this without crying, but was the day that Miss Daisy came to the garage. And um, she came and she sat in the chair right when you first come in because to me one of the very most important um, jobs in the whole garage is to be that person that when someone comes to the door they're welcomed with dignity no matter who they are and I tell you what she sat there with such joy and no nonsense um, and she welcomed every single person who came through that door and then I would come back there and she'd say girl are you taking care of yourself? And I'd be, oh, yeah, no, yeah. And she goes, no, no, no. You look at me. I mean it. Are you taking care of yourself? And, uh, and then I can remember a time where we were gathered around to sing. We were just going to worship, like, right there. And I said, well, I don't. I, I'm not good at singing. And, but I joined in. And then, then you looked at me and said, don't you be telling me you can't sing. <laughs> But that was just a moment of joy where I felt welcomed and, you know, because it was a job of giving out quite a lot. And so, boy, Daisy just loved on me as well as every single person who came through that door. And I miss her. So part of what we do when we prepare this table is we create safety. Because, you know what, sometimes we come into the table of belonging. That's why I think God says get out of this church building because it's, it's not safe for some of us. And so we go out, you create safety, and um, you, it's something familiar. And you help, like, like Mama Allen did with me, and say, here's how it's all going to work. You know, because what if you go into this really fancy dinner and you don't know what all the silverware for? <laughs> you don't want to be that person, right? Um, and so, um, and there's boundaries too, and that creates safety to have boundaries. And we work together. 
when we, we do prepare the table, he's not saying you go do all that work all by yourself. He's saying you go and do it together. And so that was just the great joy um, of, of the, at the garage and even now, Linda and I, uh, we're, we get to work together. So to end here, I have no idea how much time I've taken, I'm sorry. Um, this is one of my heroes of faith who I got to meet several years ago, um, Dr. John Perkins. He's in his late 80s. Um, he says, we live out our call most fully when we are a community of faith with arms wrapped about a community of pain. And that is a long journey. It will require resilience. And that is what God calls us to here in this community. Our community is a hot mess. There's a lot going on. And the community needs us to wrap our arms around the community of pain in ways that we're pursuing. And we get to start where we are. We get to practice. I'm practicing today on you. And you're making me not feel, you know, ashamed. And so we get to practice. You know, we, we, we get to try things. And I did a lot of things wrong at the garage or made a lot of mistakes. And that's okay. I get to practice. People usually told me, you know, and then that's how you learn. Um, and we get to be, best of all, we get to be an apprentice in the kingdom of God. That's what it means to belong. We get to be an apprentice in the kingdom of God. So now last so, amen? amen? Amen. Okay, I made it through. Okay, so last time, Pastor, or Apostle Jenkins, you talked about a puzzle. And it's been a while since you've done a puzzle. And the Lord just put that on my heart. So I bought, got you a round thousand-piece puzzle with all the colors of the spectrum. And on the back, I have the quote by um, John Perkins, and just that I'm standing with you in faith. So it is my blessing, just a small thing, to bless you and your church. Thank you so much. So thank you. I don't, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do now, but. Thank you. Yeah, what's she supposed to do now? <laughs> Receive this welcome from our church, amen. And um, just a blessing of that. Um, I wanted to read something because, I, remember, I didn't want to tell you guys much about Donita because one of the things I wanted you to do was receive Donita in the, what God, the simple, that she's a daughter of the Most High God. Many times we don't receive people unless we know where they came from, who they work for, what degree they have, and then we'll open our ears up and we'll go, oh, I want to hear from them. But the belonging in God's house is not like that. We are children of the most high God. Didn't you say that, Burke, Wednesday night? We are royalty, and that right there, our father, our father is God. We don't have to put nothing else with it to be accepted is that our father is God. But I love that um, 
I'm going to read some things because when she said I never spoke and, and, there, and I was sitting up here thinking, okay, <laughs> you never smoke up here. But she has spoke a lot, you guys. And um, over a lot of things that, you know, I just thank God for him putting her in our community. Did a lot of help with women and, and grief. There's just things that I want to do. I'm still looking forward to doing. I told her this morning, I'm looking forward to going, and y'all going to go, what? Jumping on her bed and screaming. <laughs> She's a grief counselor, but something that God has, um, you know, showed her so many ways to bring deliverance and hope. And one of the things that um, really touched me and Pastor, because you know that our... Um, our drip vision for our center is hope, okay? And when I met her, her vision is door of hope, okay? And so we um, just have begun to talk and let God just amplify what he wants to do because there's a vision I have in my mind that Danita, this whole belonging thing just resonates. A long time ago, I had a dream, and in the dream, there was all these churches with all these walls, and I'm talking about church buildings, but God had knocked every wall down until instead of walls, it was just all of us together because you know that's how it's going to have to be when we get to heaven. It's not going to be walls. It's not going to be denominations. It's not going to be separated into color. It's not going to be, it's going to be all of God's children. I could see all, and it was so beautiful to me to see that God had knocked all these. And I was like looking at the world, like, God, how are you going to do that? I mean, this seems so big of a thing to do and but God is a big God and he was saying I'm going to do it one person at a time that grabs hold of the purpose and does their part that's all we, that's all we're called to do is to do our part to help to knock down barriers and walls and when I met Donita that was one thing I could see that she was so serious about knocking down those well, you, you hear her stories of just going up and allowing God to use her to go beyond the hoodie, beyond the knife, because some of us would have let that stop us, right? But to go beyond that and allow God to, to go through and, and see the love of Christ that says you are welcome. And I love the table that says that I, I don't have to look safe. I don't, at God's table, I don't have to look safe. I don't have to look uh, smart. I don't have to, to, to fit into anybody's box. But I'm his. I love that story of Mephibosheth. Remember the, that, the, um, was it Saul's son? Jonathan's son? Jonathan's son. And he was lame, but he, he couldn't imagine David inviting him to the table because he looked at his circumstances. He looked at who he was. He looked at what he didn't have. But this morning, we don't have to look at what we don't have. We look at who we do have. I have a father, and he calls me by my name. And it says, before time even begin, my life, your life, was in his hands, and we were invited to the table. And I just thank God because I do um, want to say that, yes, she has spoken. She just hasn't spoken from here. 
And, and this is what, why I want to say something, because a lot of people don't think they're anything unless they're speaking from here. But a lot of people speaking from here haven't spoken out there. God came to save the world, them that were lost. That's what he came for. And a lot of times we have got to get to the place that we come in as the family that comes, your natural family comes home from school. They tell you all the things that's going on. There's just that. But they can still got to go back out there, all right? And they know, need to know how to act out there. They know how to entreat out there. And a lot of times we get mixed up with coming in here as it's the evangelistic world for out there and it's not it's coming in here we gather together we worship god we hear the word we learn and then after we we eat at this table then after she said we rest and then we go out and we welcome the world and we give them our lord and savior jesus christ and so i just thank god for um not to deny marketplace preachers and event marketplace those that are out there on your don't take that as nothing and this is everything because the problem with this is that everybody doesn't get to be here be in the pulpit do you understand because there's so many of us that if every one of us was called to the pulpit we'd probably preach one time uh right just if this many people in here but the thing is, we are called to come and get instruction and take that love of Jesus to the world. And I just thank God for Donita this morning because she takes it to the world. She takes it to women. She's, she's a great uh, retreat speaker. She's a great, she is. And you guys, you go uh, one day you might get the privilege of just, just, just seeing how she can take a stick. Y'all know why I love her, right? Y'all know why I love her already because that is something the Lord has shown me. She can take a stick, and by the end of that stick, she'll have somebody feeling healed and delivered because she took that stick and allowed God to use that stick. And I'm just so blessed with who she is. So I don't want her to deny and act like I haven't talked and I haven't. No, she's talked. She's an amazing speaker. And I've seen her speak in such ways to just a stranger and to stop and just have them there and stop everything in the garage. A blessing was that it was not about the clothes. It was about the person. And so I thank God for her this morning. I hope you felt her heart, the heart of God. That's what I felt. I felt the heart of God. The heart of God saying, children, you're welcome at the table. And now that you've accepted my welcome, Go be welcoming. That's what I pray. That Go be welcoming. Extend to others what God has extended to you. The same joy of being welcomed. Somebody wants to belong so bad, right? Somebody wants to belong and belong to the body of Christ. Don't you dare think they don't. No matter the guy with the knife. Come on. He wants to belong, all right? The guy with the hoodie wants to belong. Those people we discount, the, the, the one on the corner selling drugs, wants to belong. The adulterer wants to belong, you guys. Come on, the liar, the cheater, the backslider just wants to belong. And God is saying, will we extend that belonging 
Will we say thank you, Lord, that I belong? And don't get snotty and snooty, <laughs> forgetting that we have all sinned and come short of the glory. Yeah, yeah. And just because I got cleaned up, don't I dare forget it to God to clean me. And when I look at somebody, don't I dare start thinking about how much better than I am. Because I'm nowhere better just by the grace of God. And so that I can accept. Because that's one thing that God is dealing with me about snooty Christians. <laughs> that we've got to a place where we, he's given us. He's given us intelligence. He's given us spiritual intelligence, natural intelligence. He's given us status. And all, and all of a sudden, we forget that without Christ, we're nothing. Without Christ. And to remind ourselves, I need Jesus just like you need Jesus. And without Jesus, I would fall. Like the songwriter said, I'd be like a ship without a sail. And so we just thank God for you this morning, Demita. And while I want you to stay right here because what we're going to do this morning, we want just to have an altar call. And this altar call, we've had real altar calls about coming back to the Lord, coming to the Lord. And it's been a good meal. She cooked up a good meal and she set the table. It was beautiful. And now we're just going to rest. And at the end of the rest, though, I want us to go to the next level. That she said, I just don't belong. But, Lord, I want to be your arms, your feet, your heart to welcome others. Everywhere God puts us, we're on assignment. There's somebody there, somebody that needs to know Jesus. There's somebody that needs a hug. I mean, it doesn't take, like she said, it doesn't take all that we think. It just takes love. It just, a hug. It just takes a ear. It just, you know how sometimes I, I have to stop myself and go, why are you being so busy? Why, you got so much to do. Stop right now and just say, hi, just a hello. How are you? You know how sometimes you just want to get in the store, out of the store, get home. I got to do this. Just, hi. How are you doing? Hi. Is there somebody, something I can pray? Those moments, those moments will change your life when you stop I want to say something to Kathy Ann. The other night, there's this, there's this between, between line that we're so close to stepping into something so amazing and godly. And we see how God sees people, okay, if we would just stop for a moment. The other night, we was doing, having praise and worship, and Kathy Ann was, she was worshiping God, worshiping God. And all of a sudden, I had my head down, but I could feel, I could feel her putting her whole into this. I mean, I had my head down, and all of a sudden, I could feel her pulling on everything to worship God. And God had me to look up, and when I looked up, I saw you, Kathy, like God saw you. That's why you saw me when you looked at me. I about bust out crying because it was like sometimes we don't see people like God sees them. We see them like we see them. But if you ever get to see them through the eyes of 
God. You will see something so different. You will see a heart that worships, a heart that loves God, a, a heart that's trying, a, a heart that, you know, that is so different. And when I saw her, I just, I could just see it. It was just, just right in that moment, I see, oh, my God. If we could just keep this kind of eye for all people, we would welcome them. We don't welcome people when we see them through our eyes of ungrace. But through the eyes of grace, you see beauty. You see why God thought we was worth dying for. (laughs) You see it. And I'm just praying that after today, that if there's anyone right now that feels like I've been a little busy, I've been eating the good meal, and it's a great meal. It's so good that I need to go share that with somebody. I need to let somebody know Jesus loves you, absolutely loves you. There's nothing you can do less, nothing you can do more. He just loves you. And I need to be, you know, a sharer of that. I'm so glad that Donita is here this morning. If y'all only knew the miracle to me of her being here this morning, you guys would clap, shout. So how I feel? We could jump. Did y'all hear she hasn't been in a church in six years? And some of that might have stopped y'all. Well, then what is she doing in the pulpit? I already heard it in the spirit when, when she got up. And, I, and the Holy Spirit said, because I called her there. The Lord said, because I called her there. I welcomed her there because sometimes man will not welcome you unless your credentials match what they feel. Thank God he's not like that. Thank God he's not like that. And I'm so glad that this morning that she could come into this place. And I prayed, I said, Lord, I know her in the spirit, but I was like, Lord, let her come into this place and feel welcome this morning. Let, and I'm, she did. Thank you, God. And I'm glad she didn't have to stand up here and say that she was prophetess, bishop, apostle, evangelist, Donita, for us to accept her. She's the daughter of the most high God. She's our sister. And we love her. And as you see, God allowed her and used her this morning. All we got to say is if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. It's all he wants. It's all he wants. Is say, use me. And so this morning, our church, or this congregation, one other thing God is really dealing with me and Pastor about is we've been talking about truth all this year. <laughs> Next year, we want to do truth. Not just talk about truth, but we want to do truth. And we're talking about, as I looked at TV the other day, a lot of pastors are talking about churches and how the world is looking at churches not being together, congregations not being together, you know, that there's kind of a segregation in the house of the Lord. We don't want that. We want to be for real. 
about what God says. We want to welcome, and one of the things we're looking at is going into other churches, being a part of other churches' congregations next year, and, and going in as our congregation saying, hey, Auntie Sue, hey, Uncle Joe, we're here. We're not in our own little square, but we're actually extending our arms. We're going out. We're going out into a pivotal place that God has put us in, in an area where there's all kind of people. We want to touch them. We don't want to just be in church without doing church. And so I just want us to pray that God makes us ready for those things. Because a lot of times we're not, we think that we're ready to do it until the guy with the knife. <laughs> The guy with the hoodie and the man that looks really stern or the woman that's cussing. We think we're ready, but this morning, me and Donita and Pastor David, we're going to pray for those that want to come up and say, Lord, I'm available to you. Take my hands, Lord. Take my feet. Take my heart. Use all of me. I'm available. Lord, I don't want a world to go to hell and die because those that I was supposed to talk to, to reach out to, and this morning we want to be available. We can fill our lives with so much busyness. You know, I have a neighbor across the street, and me and Pastor's been really, really, really busy. And this, this, this neighbor family was so amazing to us when our power went out. And that was last year that we, um, we ended up, they invited us to their house, the generator. We, they had a generator. Beautiful family. Had just moved in. Didn't know us from Adam. But invited our, us and our kids. And we're talking about, we had probably about 12, 13 at our house. But invited us to their house. Even invited us to stay spend the night at their house so, and I thought to myself this is what God is talking about do you know your neighbor have you told your neighbor about Jesus that person that you say hey all the time at the store have you said anything about the Lord this 